0: United States will withdraw from the Paris Climate Accord. No, Ollie, it's just me, it's Dave. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sustainable Babble, your friendly little environment podcast all about people and the planet and why, despite everything going to heck, we can still have a bit of a chuckle about it every now and then. Look, all is away, and it's my fault, it's not his fault, it's my fault that we didn't get our bottoms in gear in time to record around him being away. So, uh, we weren't going to do a babble, but then Trump happened, didn't it? Climate and Trump, and Trump has pulled out of the Paris Agreement. It seemed like that was something we should probably have a bit of a babble about. So, what I've done is, with Arabella's help, um, I have enlisted a friend of mine, someone called Amy Mount. Amy works for the Green Alliance, and she leads all of their work about the UK environment and Brexit, and trying to get UK politicians to do the right thing about the environment. But she also knows a thing or two about Donald Trump. And so, slightly unusual format... I'm going to ask her some stuff uh, about what the heck Donald Trump has just done. Uh, Just the usual disclaimer, um, I do work for an environmental charity, as does Oll when he's around, which he isn't, Uh, but these are very much our and my own views, so if you've got any problem with anything in here, take it up with me, or with Oll, in fact take it up with Ol because you know it's all his fault even though he's not here, not with anyone that we work for, yes? Right, on with it. of the week hello amy
1: hello dave
0: hello um who are you amy why have i got you on this podcast what do you know
1: um well i know one or two things about um environmental policy particularly here in the uk um and and i guess it's been a big week for climate change with trump's decision to pull the uk out of the paris agreement on climate change um so, I'm um, yeah, I, I work for an environmental think tank called Green Alliance, and as part of that work, I coordinate a new coalition of environmental charities that formed last year after the EU referendum to make sure that we're responding in the most effective way possible to uh, Brexit's implications for the environment, which are pretty big.
0: Ooh, okay. Well, we're going to ask you some stuff about that in a bit. But first of all, uh, Arabella has a question for you.
1: mm mm-hmm. Donald Trump just made everything really, really
0: bad. So yeah, thank you, Arabella. That's Ol's seven-year-old niece there, uh, turning up for duty even though Ol isn't. Um, so Amy, yes, right, Donald Trump. Can you tell people what the bloody hell has happened and whether it is indeed really, really bad?
1: I'll give it a go. Okay, so. <clears throat> um, Uh, When was it? December 2015. Um, The whole world, except Nicaragua and Syria, agreed to uh, sign a global agreement to tackle climate change. One of the defining issues of this century and if not many centuries to come if we don't get it under control. So this was a really exciting moment. I I was you, you don't get that much good news uh, often if you're working on environmental policy, and this was Indeed. a real good news day when they agreed to sign this agreement. And it's epic, you know, because it's it's humanity getting control of these planetary scale forces that we'd inadvertently set in train through burning fossil fuels, you know, driving our cars and burning coal and power plants and that sort of thing. So we'd set these these planetary forces off, that we're heating up the planet quite slowly, but perceptibly, and we're all, already starting to have harmful effects, particularly for people in some of the poorest parts of the world. Um, and, and, you know, we were getting a hold of these. We were saying, we're, we're going to tackle this together. We're going to reduce our emissions to together transition. and hold each other accountable. And so Trump's decision um a few days ago to pull the us out of that uh was pretty devastating Um, can
0: can he can he do that then i mean is that a thing he can do because the way he makes it sound well he said this so we're getting
1: out but we
0: will start to negotiate and we will see if we can make a deal that's fair and if we can that's great and if we can't that's fine so he he makes it sound like this is like a you know a deal that we've all signed up to where the US has somehow been stiffed. But I mean is he capable of pulling out of it? Has he ruined it or what?
1: He's capable of pulling out of it whether he's ruined it remains to be seen. So one of the more heartening uh, aspects of the past few days has been the way that the, the rest of the world, basically. So, uh, leaders from everywhere, from you know, France to China, um, previous US presidents, so President Obama, um, lots of US cities and Global businesses as well have all said that we're going to we're going to carry on this this agreement. It's so important that we're going to make it work. If the US wants to pull out, that's that's their kind of problem. Um, the world is heading in a low carbon direction. There's nothing Trump can actually do about that. So, um, so the, the 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 rest of the signatories to the agreement are are still committed to making it work. Um, and and some of them have said this isn't for renegotiation. I mean, it, it took so long. it took years to get right. that agreement done, um, and then and it's resulted in being a you know more or less fair sort of process that everyone's agreed on. So there's no appetite for opening that all up again. No, no, no,
0: come on, he's a he's a smee. <laughs> no, he's a smee.
1: He's a
0: he's a smee. He's a he's a smig. He's a... He's a smig. Yeah. Hey. Donald Trump says that America's getting an unfair deal, basically, that uh, he's all up for doing something about climate change, but, you know, not at the cost of US jobs and all that. Is that right? Do you think? Is is it a thing that sort of hurts America and America has to do more?
1: No, it's not. And in fact... One of the comments that Trump made in his speech when he announced that they were pulling out of of the Paris agreement was he said, "I was elected to represent the people of Pittsburgh, not Paris, as mm. if the people of Pittsburgh it was not in their interest to be tackling climate change Well, well also, in the I, US- think,
0: I think that he thinks that it's actually like an agreement about Paris. As opposed to an agreement. In Paris. There's a
1: chance. Yeah, there's a chance he's <laughs> slightly confused there. Uh, yeah, it, it, yeah. Um, but you know, in in the US right now, there are three times as many people uh, employed in the renewables industry than there are employed in the coal industry. The coal industry is suffering massive declines, and renewables are going from strength to strength. So, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure whose interest he really thinks he's working in here. There is a chance that because of the way. Um, Uh, Trump's uh, sort of political support is distributed across the country you know maybe it's more concentrated in those areas where the coal industry uh, has more sway and so he's he feels a bit more beholden to them but if you look at the big figures I mean those were that those were quoted by uh, the Financial Times this week Um, it's, it's climate change has stopped being a sort of Controversial issue in most parts of the world now. You're most most people, as I said, you know, um, leaders of the major cities, major companies—they're all just getting on with it. This is this is now turning into business as usual uh, for everyone except Trump, I think.
0: So what uh, you're a sort of, uh, I've known you for a while, you're quite a cheery person, and the Green Alliance (laughs) is a pretty sunny side up kind of organisation. So are you guys basically, do you not think this is a massive kind of problem? Because I went on my Twitter feed and you know, know, there's like this scale of kind of on one side, some people, including me, were tweeting stuff going, what a terrible git, what has he done? Um, He slowed down the pace of climate change. That means lots of people will die, right? And then on the other side, you've got people saying, it's all right. Uh, we're going to get on with it anyway, and he can't stop us. And he's a silly orange tit, and he should just go away, right? So, on that spec, which is the are they both true, and which is the sort of sensible end of that spectrum to situate yourself? Do you think
1: they are both true? Um, How can they both be true? That? Okay, let me tell you. Let me tell you, Dave. <laughs> uh, so, the world is heading in a low carbon direction. That is happening. Um, the you know the most exciting businesses are the ones that are building a clean economy right now um there's lots of evidence to back that up at the same time um trump has thrown sand in the gears so he's 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 just messing it up a bit. He's making it all a bit harder. Right. Um, so, you know, so more people, I'm afraid, I, th- I think will die. There will be um, you, know, you know, the risk of food crises, dangerous weather events, all those impacts that we're used to hearing about from climate change. The risk of those has just gone up because the U.S. is such a huge emitter of greenhouse gases and um you know so that that will have an effect i think that when you look at the real economy um people are going to get on with that business because it it does just make sense for for businesses and communities to to think about working in a more low carbon way
0: yeah and I have heard some stuff, including so back in episode 64, we talked to Janet Redmond from Oil Change International when, when Trump got made president in the first place, and we were kind of mildly freaking out about it. Um, and one of the things she said was here's a thing that, we, that might be good is that everyone's got someone to get something to get angry about now. I mean, she was talking about America. She was saying, like, this is going to rejuvenate the climate movement. You know, there's going to be more protests. Young people will have something new to fight against. And she thought that was, you know, potentially a good thing. I mean, do you think that's right, that actually, in a way, what he'll have done is cast himself as so much of an outlier that people will, be, will now have something to fight for and fight against, as opposed to just thinking Paris had done it all? <sighs>
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess so. Um, I think in the US, I've got like, I spent some some time living in the US, so I've got a lot of fr- friends there who are very angry. And you know, the, there's already been several demonstrations and so on since Trump became president. Sort of defending science, um, <laughs> yes. which is you know bizarre that we've got to that 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 sort of state of affairs where we need to point out to the president of the United States that the scientific process is actually really j- legitimate. And you know, got us to and up to, yeah. to the moon and yeah. you, you know yeah made um, his hair
0: do whatever it does well. yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly <laughs> so so there's already there's a lot of really committed activists in the us already and and maybe the 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 higher profile that climate change is getting now will kind of wake up some people you know i saw an article in the new york times saying here's seven things you can do to to re- sort of reduce climate change as, as an individual Person, you know, driving less and that sort of thing. Um, so we might see a bit about that. I'm worried though that there's there's just so many issues competing for people's attention these days. Um, mm. It's it's hard for the sort of slow burn, as it were, issues like climate change, which you know you don't necessarily see the effects straight away of your actions because it all you know you you drive your car and it produces some emissions that goes into the atmosphere and swishes around for a while and then at the end of the process you've got a bit more global warming it's very it's very abstract it's difficult to to really get a hold of
0: so i want to take you somewhere unpleasant i'm sorry about this (laughs) i want to take you inside donald trump's head all right, come with oh, me into Donald Trump's head, and I don't buy the argument that says it's all just about oil money and coal money. You know, going into his pockets. I'm sure there's a part of that through the political process. You know, that those that's where the influence is and all that. But mm-hmm. but what what else is it? Is it just that he is uh, an old white guy whose entire vision of what America's economy is is built around fossil fuels? And is it just that he doesn't? Get it? Do you think doesn't get what is happening? What I, What is your most charitable kind of interpretation of what, of what going on inside his head?
1: Well, it could be that he is fundamentally an unimaginative person. Um, <laughs> People are idiots. <laughs> and you know, it, it's it's much easier for all of us to uh, to picture a world that's very similar to this world. You know, the future carrying on much as it has. Um, in the past, of course, that's that's always a sort of misleading approach because the 20th, 20th century has seen enormous amounts of change, um, you know, going from, from the beginning when people weren't even driving cars to the end where we're all talking to each other over Skype and WhatsApp and that sort of thing. So, it, you know, change is normal, but I think lots of people... Uh, perhaps including the president of USA struggle to comprehend that mm. and 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 reach for safety nets and, and and you know sort of think let's just let's just try and uh, slow down some of these forces that aren't necessarily totally in, in my control. But when when he's saying about forces, he's talking about uh, the green movement or globalization mm. uh, and things like that, rather than physics, rather than physics, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, so, since I've got you here, Amy, um, and you know all about the UK and Brexit and things... Um, all about uh, it. All about it. Um, <laughs> Arabella has got another question for you.
1: Why don't any UK politicians care about the planet?
0: Right, good, yes, off you go. <laughs> Thank you, Arabella. Uh, is that true? And uh, if so, Why?
1: right well I think I don't think that is true actually I think it's easy to get that impression because we don't see this is an election period that we're in at the moment here in the UK and we and we don't see um, issues like climate change in the news being debated as part of um, you know the party leaders sort of c- competitive debates and that sort of thing um I think actually we're very fortunate in this country that the main Political parties agree that climate change is an issue. Oh, um, Physics is the, the, alive
0: and alive and strong over here.
1: Alive and well, oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, building on you know years of <laughs> years of scientific tradition here, mm. um, and and that you, you know it is owned by all the political parties or the major ones anyway because the climate change act that was passed in two thousand and eight was passed with overwhelming uh, cross party support. I think. I mean, there's a wider issue here about why um, the environment is not being sort of prioritised in the election debate. Um, Now, I would say that it should be prioritised because I work for an environmental charity, and it's an issue that's very dear to my heart. But. You know, the next five years are going to be really pivotal for the environment, particularly here in the UK, um, for both environmental and political reasons. So, on, on the political side of it, we've got Brexit. That's probably going to happen, dependent a bit on uh, the election result this week. Goodness, yeah. that's coming around quickly. Um, but, you know, we get 80% of our environmental protections from the EU. So so how we handle Brexit as a country, how we uh, handle that, that leaving process could have real um, real implications for the environment. And that's going to happen in the next five years. We've already talked about Trump and the way that that's changing some of the global dynamics around um, particularly climate change. Um, and then on the other side, the sort of environmental reasons why The next five years are important. I mean, on on climate change, we do have this really great um, piece of legislation that means that we've got targets set in law. But actually, we're heading off track in terms of meeting those targets in the next decade. So we need to get that back under control. Um, More than 50 percent of species, uh, plants and animals and so on in, in the UK are uh, in decline, have been declining since the 1970s. And we really need to turn that around. So, but why, although why, there's...
0: So, so sorry. sorry to interrupt. You. I was just wondering though, like why all of that is as it is. And we have, you know, this podcast and people listen to it, like stuff is bad and things are in crisis. So, and I too would like it if people were talking about that more, but they're not. I mean, they're talking about, you know, the economy and horrible terrorist attacks that have happened, you know, we're recording this just after the the london attack and how do you make the people out there actually care about all this stuff how do you make it resonate and sometimes we say like oh politicians should care more about the environment but do we care enough about the environment as people and is that actually the problem do you think
1: i think there's a bit of a vicious circle where um you know the 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 Polit- politicians don't talk about the environment very much, and so people don't think it's an issue, and it doesn't get into the media that much. And that that is true, but I, I think at the same time, I think it's, it is incumbent upon those of us who work on on environmental issues to to, to work harder at communicating and to think m- more about how how to make this resonate with people's everyday lives. So, if you're talking about something like um, you know the implications of leaving the EU, it's like how are we going to regulate? toxic chemicals that could find their way into the food on your plates or how are we going to make sure that there's still uh, funding to protect green spaces um, so that wherever you live in the country you can get out outdoors and into a, a, a green relatively wild place really easily at the moment there's, I think, the stat is that if you're from a black or minority ethnic background, you're 30% less likely to have good access into green spaces, and 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 that right. has that has real implications for things like mental health mm-hmm. <clears throat> and 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 physical health benefits that you get from from being in the countryside or being in a park and that sort of thing. So it's it's finding ways to 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 make it more real and to connect it to people's everyday experiences. I think.
0: So I mean that's been that's been brilliant. I've just been as we've been talking about all this stuff, I've just had horrible thought and I wanna run this horrible thought past you. So we talked about how Donald Trump is doing bad stuff, right? And then and then you said, Don't worry though, because all of the all of everyone else in the world except like Nicaragua has gone, shut up, we're gonna get on with this.
1: Well hang on, hang on, I need to jump in there. I don't want I don't wanna do Nicaragua down. They actually <laughs> they actually refused to sign Paris, the Paris Agreement on Climate Change because it wasn't strong enough. Oh. So they're getting on with it.
0: Yeah, well, I am so sorry. Okay, it's all right. fine. <laughs> Very good. All right. But do you think there's any chance that like, all of that, that, that it might all start to unravel? I'm talking about politically. So you know, whatever the next five years, and everyone's going to be focused on Brexit. And do you think there's any chance that the environment will just become a less and less important thing in UK politics over the next five years?
1: I mean, there's always a chance of that. I'm going to work very hard to make sure that isn't the case. Um, I think actually what Brexit does and what we need to start talking about is gives the UK an opportunity to think about, okay, if we're sort of standing off by ourselves now um not part of the european union anymore then how can we think really innovatively about how we're how we're doing this how we're tackling some of the biggest issues they're going to face us in the next um 10 hundred years and um like we did with the climate change act that became a sort of model for other countries to uh, to to copy and build into their own um uh, sort of legis- legislation as well it's how can we think really creatively about some of these challenges and uh, think about tackling environmental issues like climate change like biodiversity loss and like you know the fact that all the bees are struggling because of um, sort of quite harmful pesticides and so on and how can we do that in a way that you've got a thriving economy and you've got a resilient natural world because that you know we need both of those yeah. things um so it, the, the, there is that's what i want to start talking about is how, is how we can experiment and um catalyze some really interesting developments um here in the uk that can become something that we can we can share with the rest of the world
0: Amy, thank you so much for your time. If people want to follow you or find out more about what you do, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: If you want to follow me, uh, I tweet uh, pretty frequently. Uh, my Twitter handle is a small amount. You would realise why if you'd met me, as I am not very tall. Oh,
0: but your reputation is very big. So thank you, very for- <laughs> Amy. Thanks, thanks so much. And uh, speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. That was great. Thank you Arabella for helping ask Amy some questions and thanks to the wonderful Amy Mount for stepping in and giving us a reason to babble. Thanks as always to the legendary Dickie Moore for the music that starts and ends and intertwinkles this podcast and thank you listener for listenifying and I hope we have managed to in some way convince you that maybe everything is not yet all lost yet. eh? Uh, you can get in touch with us, uh, find us on Twitter at The Babble Wagon, follow us on Facebook, just search uh, or send us an email to hello at sustainababble.fish. We will be back next week for a usual babble, not a bonus extra babble with just me. So fans of all, uh, sorry if have had to just part with me and Amy, but hopefully it was all right. Right! Have a lovely week, everyone, and I'll see you very soon. Bye!